This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 24. I am your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm here along with Lucy White and special guest Carl Davies for another pre-weekend Crystal Palace fix. I attempted to get the Watford mascot, Harry the Hornet, as the opposition fan this week, but he made more excuses than an Alan Pardew press conference and is not coming on, so we will have to settle with Mike from the Rookery Report podcast for the lowdown on Watford this week. And we'll end the show with a classic match against Watford from the 2009-10 season. Before all of that, remember to head over holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so... We're back from a break. The players have been to Morocco. I've been to New York. Have you, have you guys been anywhere? I've been around the world, Terence. <laughs> so you have. Your um, your journeys, Carl, and, and welcome. Thank you for joining us today, mate. Um, your journeys have been quite epic recently. Where, where have you been? Uh, day after whatever the home game was. Where do we win? Middlesbrough. Day after Middlesbrough, Miami, then Panama, then Colombia. Then El Salvador, LA, Vegas, Washington, New York. Flew back, went straight to the whatever game it was, West Brom away. EFL Cup final, Shanghai. (laughs) Flew back last weekend, literally jet lag hell. And you saw um, Tony Popovich's boys, is that right? They got thumped, yes. I, I I I went to my first Asia Cup game. So saw Oscar and Hulk absolutely tear, tear Pop's boys apart. Oh, dear. Um, and Lucy, did you go anywhere? Uh, I went to West Brom away and passed the lovely Carl on the stairs. <laughs> and I went to London for the day on Saturday and had lots of cocktails <laughs> and food with the girlies. Very that nice. was about it. You also had a trip to the hairdressers. 
Ooh, yes. I did have a trip to the hairdressers. Rocking a brand yes. new fringe. Yes, got some bangs. Head head yeah. over to Juicy Lucy X and all the underscores on Twitter to see that. <laughs> um, right, Carl. When we have new people on the podcast, mate, we always try and give the listeners a little bit of a background. So, with that in mind, what was your first ever live Crystal Palace match? You will now be able to place my age. My first game was <laughs> late no well, November nineteen seventy five. Crystal Palace at home to the mighty Waterman Hersham, uh, which was the start of the the famous cup run, Malcolm Allison, that got us all the way to the semi-finals. Uh, don't remember too much about it. Uh, late goal, David Kemp. Didn't remember it was David Kemp. Had to go and look that bit up a few years <laughs> or so ago. And when I look back at it, it was you know it was the getting the new red and blue scarf, getting the red bo- red and blue bobble hat, and sort of um, what seemed a massive crowd at the time. Uh, and remember thinking, we must be the greatest team of all time. Little did I know. <laughs> Little did I know. You was confusing your red and blue stripes, probably. Oh, no, that was been prior red and blue stripes, just, wouldn't it? Uh, no, we were red and blue. Are we were red and blue then? All right, we okay, were then. red and blue. <laughs> well, um, I, I have got to say, because I did look this up a few years or so ago, so that mighty Wal- Walton and Hersham, the previous year, they beat Brighton at the Gallstone 4-0. So it wasn't that bad a result, that 1-0. That wasn't a bad result at all. <laughs> and as you say, it's kick-started a pretty good run. Did we Was it? Did we beat Millwall in the next round? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, somebody will definitely correct me. I'm not that much of an anorak. We definitely beat Scarborough. We definitely beat Millwall on a replay. Leeds, yeah. Uh, yeah so actually, I think it probably was Millwall in the next round. Then Scarborough, I think. Then Leeds, uh, Sunderland, Southampton. Yep. Southampton. Right, um, so what's your favourite Palace goal of all time? Uh, I think, we're de- yeah, definitely uh, the one that created the biggest emotion for me. We'll combine decent goal with emotion, Dougie Freeman at Stockport. Mm. That, just the timing of it all, you know, the, a week previous, the everybody throwing their season tickets, which is always great, throwing your season tickets on the pitch at the last home game, uh, <laughs> at the Wolves having got beaten, thinking we were relegated, the incredible victory down at Portsmouth and then the late, late, late winner at Stockport. I think ultimately that fear of loss and what that would have meant to the club at the time uh, meant so much. So, uh, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, and um, it was about the only good thing David Hopkins did on his return, right? Oh, the, ha- the, the handball. Hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic hand. <laughs> Still, whenever I think about it, I have no idea how the whole stadium saw it and the referee didn't. So, I, yeah. kind of, should we ever moan about referees, really? Probably not. Never, never. <laughs> well, at least not that one. Yeah. Um, and who's your favourite Palace player of all time? I'm interested to hear this uh, one. Look, I've already named Dougie Freeman. And, he, you know, when, when you say it, he's the first that comes to mind. He's the only player's name I've ever, ever had on the back of a shirt. But I'm, since I've already named him for the goal, I'm going to go uh, Jim Cannon. He was, uh, you know, I saw more of him through my childhood than I uh, saw my parents. You know, he was there. He was there for my debut, and by the time I come back from university, he was still playing for Palace. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for Big Jimbo. Big Jimbo, you went to university. I find it hard to believe. I was clean there. I wasn't. I wasn't studying. <laughs> Two one in drinking was it? <laughs> right. Um. So bit around football this week thanks for sharing that by the way Carl um an, in- an interesting story I found was this um the goalkeeper Bruno signing for Brazilian second division side Boa Esporte 
Um, if you don't know about this, he was convicted of playing a part in murdering his girlfriend, um, getting people to do it, and then feeding her to his dogs. And then, um, basically, because of the backlog in paperwork in the Brazilian court system, they managed to get him off on a pill very, very early into what was like a 22-year sentence or something. And a club have just signed him. Now, I put out... Um, a little flash poll on Twitter just as an hour long and only a hundred people voted in it but just to say if if we was to sign this Bruno character would you continue going to Palace games now <laughs> for me it was it's a clear it's a clear no I'd stop I'd stop going to games until the man was out of the club but um, would you feel the same way Luce? Absolutely like I know that people joked about when Big Sam came in and they weren't going until he was out of the club but I think you know, that's certainly something very, very serious. Like, it's murder. It's the taking yeah. of a human life. You know, yeah. Big Sam took a couple of bones or whatever. It's, it's Allegedly. You know, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I wouldn't go if they signed somebody like that. Yeah, did you find this signing bizarre, Carl? Did you say he was a goalkeeper, Terence? He's a goalkeeper, yes. We're, we're well, all crazy. Right? Let me think about it at the moment. The goalkeeper, can he come for crosses? Got good feet movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not the only one who's made that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just... Yeah, it's a, uh, I think that, that lovely dilemma of uh, morals going out the window when it mm. is your club. And, uh, you know, I there's been a few players I wouldn't have wanted to see at the Palace, Lee Hughes being one, for example, you know, that, yeah. that just instantly flashes through to my... That said, remind me again when Hennessy is rooted or taking <laughs> a step in the wrong direction behind the wall on Saturday and, you know, <laughs> let's get this guy's number and get him over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, right, well, in the, in the poll, 58% of people said they would stop going to games. So it was a, it was a majority in the, in the right way. Um, certainly enough of a majority for um, for Brexit, for first past the post, <laughs> for uh, the, the American electoral system. So we're all right. <laughs> um, right, uh, Stan Collymore this week has said that um, he's been talking about Sacco coming at Palace, and he said FSG, being Liverpool's owners, didn't make the decision to let Mamadou Sacco go, the club's best inbox defender. Go, let, they let him go when he still needed him that was down to Klopp because his pride was more important than putting an arm around Sacco's shoulder and telling him that he was the best thing since sliced bread Carl like the rest of us have you been impressed with Sacco's couple of games so far yeah look, I'll, I'll say the first thing I didn't see any of that Brock Collymore but then again I'm blocked by him on Twitter uh, <laughs> I, yeah. you're probably part of a very very long list there. yes I would have thought so look I he, <clears throat> You know, he's he's been the tangible difference uh, in the team. He's he's evidently got a mistake in him, uh, but boy, he's commanding. He's he he looks an absolute rock. And it, you know, mm. it, it's interesting. We we've we've seen some pretty good defenders, and we've you know we've even had an owner come out and said, you know, Scott Dan's the best defender he's seen in a Palace shirt. Mm. And then you <laughs> see Sacco for a couple of games. So it's a you know he is. There's a reason why Liverpool wanted £20 million for him, and it's because he's about as good a centre-back as we're ever probably likely to see in a Palace shirt. Yeah. What do you think our chances are of keeping hold of him come the end of the season? Depends what division we're in. You know, it's you know honestly, if he's he spent six months without, six, nine months without playing a game, he looks like he's enjoying it. He's surrounded by people he evidently gets on well with. You see that just coming through on social media. If we get to the end of the season and we're in the Premier League, 
and we can if we can find the money to stump up to buy him then then maybe we can just attract him he might not be in it for the trophies well look he's evidently not in it for the trophies he chose liverpool over a whole load of other clubs but you know we we may be able to he make that energy of wanting to play games maybe maybe enough but Hey, it's going to be a big ask. He's going to break every bit of our wage structure. And uh, but hey, let's enjoy the ride whilst we've got him. Yeah, right. you can never resist a dig at the scousers, can you, Carl? Ah, not to. <laughs> um, sticking with Liverpool as well, we've also um, linked with Daniel Sturridge at the moment. Uh, Lucy, obviously that would rely on us staying as a Premier League club. But would you take Daniel Sturridge? Yes. He's a he's a quality player, and you know he's he's hurt us a few times when we played against them, and you know he's obviously got that infamous dance routine. Um, I think he would be a good addition. Um, You're always thinking about the brand, Lucy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, no, I think he would be a good signing. Um, but but with the frustrations that we've had this season, for example, with having Connor Wickham always injured like Remy who's supposed to be back in training always injured do you take the punt on him Carl with his injury record me personally no look I don't I think I think there's a couple of things to it that there's a there's can you see him fitting into our style of play I I can't see us realistically playing 4-4-2 for more than a couple of games a season at absolute best Mm. and I don't see Daniel Sturridge being in place of Benteke or a Benteke type player so I can't see us putting that money into uh, trying to bring him in but secondly you know even if all of that was right I just don't think we can take the risk on a type that a player is going to be you know his injury his injury record is is poor and I just Mm. don't think we can afford that we're not that type of club who can afford that we've you know we've suffered from it badly this season you know I, I think I think it'd be a step too far for us Okay, moving away from Liverpool, um, did we all enjoy the the Tottenham Millwall game this week? Lucy, did you watch that one? Of course, I did. <laughs> it was brilliant. I I um I work with a Millwall fan, so I had I took great pleasure in seeing his face on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um it was a bit of a bottle job, wasn't it, Carl? Fantastic. Oh, it was terrible, terrible. You know, a South London team. So obviously, we're all together as one. Oh, seriously. <laughs> A uh, fantastic result. I was. Do you know what? It was. It was one more. One more seven, and they would have had to put the brackets and then written it in. That's what I really wanted to see in the new. <laughs> That's what I really wanted to see. And you know, I've got a big Millwall supporting family. I'm. I'm ashamed to say, they've all gone really quiet this week on Facebook. Really quiet. <laughs> can't be found. A single one can't be found. I felt. I felt a bit sorry for. Um... Tom King actually, who was obviously came up through the Palace youth ranks, and um, he's a good friend, school friend of the guy who stands next to me at Palace, and he's gone over a couple of times to sub- just support him basically to watch Millwall play, and he was in goal for the last couple of games of their nine games in a row without conceding a goal, and was really doing well, and then he gets put into that firing line, and yeah. um, <laughs> the first two is like you know, there's nothing you can do about those, but at that point, you know, by the last one, you just kind of feel sorry for the kid. But then you remember he plays a mill now, and it's yeah. <laughs> a shame. <laughs> Talking about feeling sorry for people, what's your opinion on the? I'm sure you all saw the video, and if you haven't, there's a Tottenham fan standing there shouting at all the Millwall fans, "We hate Millwall, we hate Millwall," and a Stone Island all in black baseball cap dressed guy comes and um, 
gives him what should we, should we say a clip round the ear? <laughs> that, what was he thinking? He, I don't want to. I don't want to condone violence, but he probably deserves that, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. What was he thinking? Honestly, you have to worry the intelligence. I've got to say, it looked like he was stood outside a pub, so I'm assuming he hadn't been to the game. He'd been inside drinking as he decided to then stand outside. But man alive, what was he thinking? Um, it's not the the worst or stupidest thing a fan's done this week. Um, did you see that a PSG fan killed his mate for giving him too much banter after the six one loss? Did you read about this? No. He actually a PSG fan um, got ribbed so hard by his mate um, in a blaze of anger, red mist. He stabbed his friend in the throat <gasps> and accidentally killed him. <laughs> See, you'd, ne- you'd never get that at the Palace, would you? I mean, that's what comes of supporting a team that generally wins the league by about 20 points every year. You mean, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, this, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, re- we should say rest in peace really to him. And um, I think the guy is going to be going away for a long time. But um, yeah. Can he play in goal? <laughs> <laughs> um and just before we've gone on uh, to record this tonight, um, the big ask, ask Sam Allardyce uh, questions have gone out by uh, the members were asked to email in questions to ask Sam Allardyce. Um, did he review send in a question? No, but I would have uh, done if I noticed. <laughs> Was it Lee yeah. from Milch? <laughs> it, to, to be fair, obviously, you could, it's predict, predictably there weren't any interesting questions in there. Um, for, for half the video, Sam Allardyce is talking about going to Disney World, Florida for 10 years on the bounce and being scared of Magic Mountain. <laughs> Legitimately, that happens in the video. Um, <laughs> but what this, the most interesting question was he was asked, uh, what was his opinion of Crystal Palace before he joined the club? And um, he just says that he thought that we were doing a magnificent job staying in the Premier League for um, the period of time. Uh, but he said that we must be think, thinking much bigger and... He thought that we were starting to do that at the beginning of the season. Everyone thought that we were going to have a big season, but obviously it's not gone that way. But um, he talk, he's talking very long term and saying that he wants to implement, you know, from the academy upwards and new stadium and a, a more expansive playing style. So, are you surprised, Kyle, that he's talking that long term? Did you think it'd be a more short term appointment, especially considering the length of his contract? Oh, do you know what? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. I uh, I think a, a little bit like when Pulis came into Palace, there was how many other alternatives realistically has he got? You know, he mm. Sam. I don't think Allardyce, by any stretch of imagination, wants to work abroad. He's lost the international job, so it's it, it's the Premier League or or nothing. And it's you know there's 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 a number of clubs that he's he, he's never going to get a chance of now. You know we, we're one of a, 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 a few. I I think he's from everything I've heard he's really enjoying living back down in or he never really moved out of his place over in in uh, uh, in near Canary Wharf. He's loving being in London. I think he you know I I think he's trying to. You know, they talked about him losing his mojo. I don't know. Evidently he hasn't at the moment. You can see that on the touchline. But I think he's really trying to. Fine, make this his home, something he can go build, something he can build his reputation back on. Mm. I never saw it as a, for him, he was coming in and he'd be here for a, a really short period of time and then, then he'd be off to bigger and better. I don't think there is bigger and better for him. He's damaged goods. 
Yeah, he certainly is. Um, Lucy, are you happy to have him hang around now that he's got a run of results going? Yeah, I mean, I, I, he was never someone that I wanted um, when the position became available, but he's saying all the right things. He's getting the results now. I think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt, and even more so if he keeps us up. And if mm. he is planning for the future and saying all these things, then you know we do have to give him that chance to try and prove himself. Um, we can't be one of these clubs that keeps getting rid of their managers. We need to keep hold of the manager. And if we do go down, we need to keep him, regroup, rebuild, and get back up as soon as we can and with the same person. Because so many clubs just keep getting rid of their managers and just end up going nowhere. Mm. I don't know. I think especially if we go down, I'd get rid, but I'd get rid anyway. But we all know my opinion, so I won't bore everyone with that. Um, <laughs> David Wagner at Huddersfield, go and get him. That was that would be what I'd say. But um, I'm, I'm, or... I'd still like. I've got to say, probably get absolutely pulled apart. You know, given an absolute choice of, you know, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I. I thought we were going down before Allardyce came in and I, I assumed we were still going to go down after his first month. Uh, at that stage, I'd much prefer a younger manager we could go build through. But, you know, that comes to risk. You know, I, I quite like the the Alex uh, the Alex O'Neills, the Mark Warburtons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and see if you can mm-hmm. find yourself uh, an, Eddie, an Eddie Howe type manager. You know, the other... The other extreme of all that is, you know, what we've got with Allardyce. So at the moment, it's him. I hope it works for him. I hope he's here in five years and we're, you know, well and truly established Premier League club. If we go down, you know, a little bit like Luke, we've got one of two things to go to. You either give him a chance to bring back up or you start again. I honestly Mm. don't know what they're doing. My sense is they're gamble and they're keeping because he's an expensive gig. But I think Mm. they're keeping well, he's obviously, you know, he's won promotion as well from that division. Yeah. So um, with, a, with a squad that it's, it's always, you know, you look at Norwich this season, for example, you, you assume these teams with the better squads will come straight back up, but it's not always the case. And um, Villa, Villa, another example yeah. this season, it's, it's actually, there's a lot of skill involved in being able to navigate your way through that league. And um, yeah. he's shown that he can do it with West Ham. So um you probably you probably do keep him in charge um but look we're talking about him putting on a run of results uh, this game against Watford this weekend is probably the last team average team that we play before we go into a run of playing some very very good teams um if the result doesn't go the way this weekend and then we have the run of games that we do when you know you're looking at Chelsea and uh, who else we got in there Southampton is it Arsenal Liverpool. as well? Liverpool. So when you're talking this run of games, Luce, if if we lose on Saturday, are you still feeling that confident about Allardyce? Uh, yeah. I, I am still convinced we're going to do it. And, mm. I, and I'm one of the very few fans that across social media, um, on Homesdale Radio, that still believes that we will stay up. Um, there's points to be had everywhere. And I know we've got the big clubs coming up and, you know, the, the way Chelsea are playing, you know, you, you don't expect anything from them. But, you know, you have to have that little bit, bit of belief. Otherwise, you may as well just not bother. <laughs> yeah, because, I, I mean, I'm more looking at it, Carl. If, you, if, if we lose to Watford on the weekend and um, we then all of a sudden got this ridiculous run of games, we could 
easily see ourselves losing the next six, arguably. Um, and how does it look then for Allardyce? You're cheering me right up. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I've, the upside of the, the last two games, you can make a case for us now playing any of the top six, maybe Chelsea aside, five of the top six, and getting something out of it. And something mm-hmm. out of it might be a point. Uh, a point per game, not a point over the over five. But you know, and that and that that's that's progress. The but it's ultimately is going to come down to those you know those other five league games that we've got, and and Watford, as you quite rightly said, Terence, you know Watford appears to be the easier of all of those. Mm. The uh, if we get relegated. It's not because of Allardyce's manager, and it's not because of you know we didn't pick up points against those the, you know those top mm. six. It's it's you know it's what happened earlier in the season, and yeah. and to a certain extent, it's what happened in January when we had what we know was our most important period of the season with an easy run of games, and you know and and absolutely didn't pick up the points we needed to. Yeah, it's definitely right. I think um, you know it's for me it's. We only, I think, thirty-four points will probably be enough for us this season, and I think those nine points are readily available in playing Watford at home, Burnley at home, and Hull at home throughout the course of the season. And um, Leicester. Yeah, but you look at Leicester now. Their result last night, they what they won three on the bounce now. Um, it's, it's starting to look a lot better for them. They've gone back to basics in that sense, and but it's looking better for us, Terence. No, it's true. I, I'm my my points. I was just making there about losing six in a row. I genuinely don't think that's that's going to happen, regardless of the opposition. I definitely think there's been enough progress in the last couple of weeks. There's still the reason why I have the niggling doubt is because look, Middlesbrough can't score for Toffee, and yeah, yeah, that finishing was so poor in that game. Thankfully, everything just went straight down Hennessy's throat. West Brom. <clears throat> You know they've then got they've been spanked by Everton after us as well. If you remember when Pulis had that really good run when we won five on the bounce, he went off the boil a little bit as soon as the forty point mark was hit. I think we lost two nil to Hull and two nil to West Brom or something in consecutive matches. So they are just constantly creating all these niggling doubts for for my, in my mind that it's going to fall over. But um, I'm <laughs> running out of evidence to suggest I've, it. I've I've got two bigger doubts. I've got two bigger doubts. One is about us and the other's about Hull. You know, the bigger doubt that I've got about us is we've won three games out the last five or six, whatever it is. All three games we've scored first and the opposition haven't scored in the game. We've yet to go a goal behind and get anything out of the game. And that's my worry. You know, it's not impossible that you dominate Watford for 20 minutes. They score on the break. We've yet to see Palace this year turn that again you know i'm not i'm i'm you know i'm not including bolton in the cup come and turn something around and that would be my worry it's you know that it's it's in adversity can we keep our heads together and come back and win a game i hope we well, can especially when you look that, at yeah. Sunder, sunderland debacle as yeah, soon as we that, went that, behind we fell that, over no, that's exactly it number one the second one i've got is i I, I I was very openly putting it out on twitter that you know what well, i think 35 points keeps us up uh and then I sort of went and did some geeky analysis of Hull. So, you know, the manager hasn't lost a home game for four years, 40-odd games or whatever it is. Uh, they are they are going to pick up points, continue to pick up points at home. They've only got to play two of the top six. You know what? They're, they're now right 
behind us. The you know that's a big game we've got against Hull. I do worry that it's it's not thirty four thirty five and it might be thirty six thirty seven, and that really is going to put a lot of pressure on those those you know the Hull game, the Watford game, uh, the Burnley game. Immense mm. pressure on it. They 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 really do become cup finals, and we probably might need to nick a point somewhere else. You know, so then then my concerns is actually we we might actually turn it around not turn it around you know we may continue decent form it just still might not be good enough but hey it's definitely looking better now than it did a month ago yeah i mean it's certainly why i was i was really annoyed with west ham's result against bournemouth because i really thought bournemouth or they still might get dragged into it because they look way below pass from the team that turned out in the first half of the season so you want them to get dragged in but of course if we beat watford on the weekend all of a sudden we're only three points behind them so that can drag them into it a little bit yeah, yeah. Uh, but as I say, I expect Leicester to run away a bit. And Swansea, I, I, you just don't know yet. But if Sigerson continues in the form he is in and their defence have shored themselves up a little bit, you know, you, it, it looks a tough ask for them to get relegated, I think. But yeah. I think Middlesbrough and Sunderland uh, lost causes, if I'm honest. But uh, right, anyway, let's get back onto the Watford game. Um, Martin Atkinson's the referee. That's um, bad news for us. Since since we come back to the Premier League, we've only won once when he's the ref. Only only Mark Clattenburg seen fewer Palace wins. So another another afternoon of moaning at the man in the middle <laughs> this weekend. Um, in terms of on the pitch, do you think um, do you think we should go after him, Carl? Go and seek out the win, or do you patiently probe, do a little bit of sitting a little bit deeper and just trying to nick something from a set piece or something? I'd love to see us absolutely go from the first moment because I think it get the the whole of the crowd, uh, the all of the home fans absolutely bouncing and uh, and and keeping that positive attitude. My sense is Allardyce has talked since the moment he's come in about you know looking after the point you start a game with and be patient and the chances will come. My, so that's my assumption is you know he will you know it's not going to be you know gung ho from the absolute first minute. They work on the principle that we've got the players to open them up, be patient, stay solid, do all of the right things, and it doesn't matter if you win it in the 89th minute or the uh, or the you know the first ten. Mm. Lewis, if we do drop a goal behind, do you th- do you think the crowd would turn, or we'll just continue in the sort of spirit that uh, we saw under Middlesbrough? Um, I'd like to think that it would continue as we were at Middlesbrough, the Middlesbrough game, um, but you, it depends when we when we when we go one down. If it's mm. the usual thirty-seven minutes, then you know <laughs> people are going to get frustrated, aren't they? So. I think if it's early on, you've got time to go over it. <laughs> um, but I don't think I don't think we will go one down. <laughs> Even with Troy Deeney on the field. I, no, I don't like Troy Deeney. <laughs> <laughs> can Can Sacco stop him, Carl? Yeah, he can. Look, I, I I do like Troy Deeney. I like when you ever hear him interviewed. I, he he says it as it is, and uh, you know, forget all of his past crimes of uh, that put him inside and his past crimes of scoring against us I you know I I, I you know I'd, I'd like to see him in a palace shirt uh really? yeah he's, that is he, controversial oh hey Jesus he's look, he, he scored 100 odd goals for Watford he's a uh, he uh I, I think we'd like somebody that consistent at palace up front uh 
you know, he's you know on his day he's nowhere near as good as Benteke, but he probably has more days than Benteke. Uh, the but yeah, I think Sacco that that the defence is most definitely good enough to look after a very hard working Dini who just puts himself about, and I think mm-hmm. they're actually look, again without trying to sound arrogant. You know, I think player for player, we're a stronger team than Watford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree, and I. And uh, I, you know, I think that's a bang average Watford defence. You never know which Gomez you're going to get. He's a he's a nine out of ten or a three out of ten. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a there's, I don't think there's a lot to fear amongst them. In the same way as I don't think there was a lot to fear against Middlesbrough. It's mm. it's so you know it's you don't look down there and go yeah he he, he pulls all of the strings or that's a real danger player. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be, and I'm interested to hear from um, Mike from the Rookery Report to see what he's got to say about them at the moment because I think they don't really know what they're doing at the moment. Lots of square pegs in round holes going on there, but um, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Um, so we'll get off to a little jingle, and then next up we'll we'll listen to what Mike has to say. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Right, so we are now joined by our Watford fan, Mike, from uh, it's, it's the Rookery End podcast. Is that right? The Rookery End report? Yes, yeah, uh, it's called From the Rookery End. And we should have thought from... it's really when we did it, because when you say it's Mike from, from the Rookery End, it doesn't really yeah. work. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, that's exactly in, right. Seven years in now, too late to go back. So uh, Seven years in. With a perfect five-star rating on iTunes, I saw as well. So that's oh, um, pretty good going. Uh, we've got better ratings than our football club then. So, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first question I'm going to ask, and I think a lot of Palace fans probably want to know this, what's your problem with Wilfred Zaha? What's my problem with him? Just your fans in general. You all seem to hate him so much. I don't think anyone can hate someone who's scared of a massive um, (laughs) hornet, can they? I think uh, any hatred dripped away. It's more um, everyone just feels a bit sorry for poor old Wilf now, seeing the way he got uh, got so rolled up by a mascot. Um, But, I mean, personally, the thing thing I've got with with Wilf is that I find him incredibly frustrating. I think he's he's a fantastic player. Whenever um, Palace play against Watford, he... um, he tears us a new one, to use the uh, the popular vernacular. Uh, you know, he absolutely has us on toast every single time. But I don't think he does it often enough. And I'd be I'd be really keen to hear what you guys think in terms of his end product, um, in terms of assists and goals, whether he does enough for a man of his obvious talent. Um, mm. So from my point of view, I think I find him incredibly frustrating. Um, I think he sort of... Uh, he he's so good. He's obviously talented. He's obviously skillful, um, which we've had, like, like I say, painful experience from almost every, every single time. Um, I just don't think he delivers enough. And I think, uh, I think he probably owes himself more. And I, and I think he owes you guys more. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a fair, a fair assessment before this season. Um, but yeah. this season there's been a definite step up all of a sudden. I think he's scored more goals this season than he has and has mm-hmm. combined in the last three Premier League seasons. His assists are already at the highest I think he's had in any season. So numbers wise this season he's definitely discovered something new to his game. He's he's got a new variety of crosses that he puts in. Mm-hmm. Um he's passing the ball a lot more and actually picking and choosing his dribbles, which is making him more success- successful in that sense. So it's definitely a bit of a difference there, but I was watching the. Um, I was away in New York last week, and there's a there's a bar there called Legends Bar, and, and they have the football factory downstairs, and yeah, yeah. they show all the Premier League games. And I was at the Watford uh, Southampton game was on next to me, and um, I was only sort of glancing to and from it, but to me it looked like Kabul was playing right back. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like to keep the opposition guessing. Um, <laughs> you, you or I could be slotting in at right or left back uh, on on Saturday. That's sort of how it's been been going defensively I think um, to give Matsari um, credit and to, to, in his defence Watford have been blighted with, with injuries throughout um, and I think we've only played the same 11 twice um, so there's only you know two, twice in a row uh, we've, we've played the same team so um, that kind of tells you what, what kind of season we've had in terms of uh, keeping the personnel same and keeping the line up the same um, so he's had to do a lot of uh, a lot of jiggling around but uh, yeah it doesn't take a genius to uh, to work out that Eunice Kabul a right back he is not yeah especially uh, with us now getting back to our sort of playing through our wingers mm. uh, with Townsend showing a bit of form I think that's definitely an area we'd be able to exploit if indeed he continues to be play there this weekend is there any chance that he will or do you think it would be moved out for I don't know who else you got there Zuniga is he fit yeah, I'm. I'm not entirely sure. I think he can. He's a good, um, solid utility player, Zuniga. I, I quite like him. We haven't really seen enough of him, of him to to form a, a solid, um, a solid opinion, if you like. But I think he 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 could certainly slot in there. I'm not sure what the status of uh, of Craig Cathcart is as well. Um, I think he's done a, a solid, if unspectacular, job at right back. But the common theme is all these guys we're talking about are are not specialist right backs. 
Um, yeah. And in and in the Premier League, more often than not, if you, unless you're lucky, you're, you're going to get found out. And uh, we've been a bit unlucky with um, with Daryl Yanmat, who who came in from Newcastle, and, and when he's had a, a run of a run of games in the team, he looked like a real uh, a clever signing. As, he, as as you as you'll no doubt be aware, he offers uh, he offers a bit going forward. Um, but 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 can do a decent job at right back as well. But he we just can't keep him fit. So it's uh, it's mend and make do for Watford at the moment, unfortunately. And yeah, you're likely to be coming up against a, a patched up defence. I mean, it's it's quite astonishing that stat saying that you've only had the same starting eleven twice, um, and we kind of went through similar problems ourselves. Do you think it's on the? Is it a lot of muscle injuries and things like that? Do you think it's something on the training ground that's going wrong, or do you think it's um, just luck? It's very hard to say. I mean, there's, there's certainly a school of thought that um, what the Watford got rid of one of the the medical guys who was very highly thought of, um, and uh, and he was moved on. I don't know if he took a new job or or was eased out of the club, um, but either way, he left, and the injuries seemed to to coincide with um, with him leaving. Now that could, of course, you know, stuff happens. There is there is coincidence. Um, there's also been a few rumblings about whether Matsari's training methods are a bit um, over the top. Um, someone said, I think, once they, they still have 11 v 11 training games, which to me sounds a bit a bit risky. Um, so how much is being asked of them in training, I don't know. Um, and then there's just plain old bad luck. Um, as we all know, some players have uh, a propensity to, to injury and they seem to go on bad runs and you get them fit and then they're, they're out again. Um it just so I think I think it's a combination of all three. Probably a bit of bad luck, a bit of um, perhaps overzealous training, and then that that changeover perhaps in the medical staff and and the the invariable change in in approach there to, to treatment. So it's almost been a perfect storm, I think. And um, mm. yeah, we, we've really suffered. Um, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't want to point the finger at someone or something, um, but it's been you know it's been hugely frustrating for us as, as supporters because it's it's impacted on the way we've played. You know, we've got no. We're no further forward, really, in terms of identity or or the way we play, because we're just having to to slot um, square square pegs into round holes every single week. Yeah, well, again, as I say, when I glancing over my shoulder at the game, it also looks like to me that Kapue was playing left midfield, for example, and um, you know, you know, that's not obviously not where he's most effective. But with all of this perfect storm. Um, the season's gone all right up to this point, and you know you're sitting in thirteenth place, and uh, you know it's, it's it's weird. You're home and away form. You sit thirteenth in both tables, the home <laughs> table and the away table, which um, is consistent in a weird way. But um, you know, with all of those injuries, and considering you're sat in thirteenth, you're at, you're on that stage where I think this game on the weekend's a really big game in terms of a loss, and all of a sudden it looks like you're getting dragged into the relegation, where a win probably cements your Premier League status for another season and keeps you in the Premier League so um, in, in terms of your season so far especially considering do you feel that it's gone well um, if, if you're looking even in a perfect case scenario and all your players are fit is is above 13th achievable is that something Watford would be aspiring to after a couple of seasons in the Prem? I think if you look at it um, black and white, and if you look at it as a non-Watford supporter, I think you'd you'd expect Watford supporters to be happy with with sitting in thirteenth, and and I think that's that's a fair a fair assessment, a fair judgment. At the start of the season, my aim was 
unequivocally stay in the division. That's all. Mm. That's all it is. It's that difficult second season. You know, you guys had it had it last year. The the, the second half of the season wasn't much much fun for you guys, was it? And it it, wasn't. It, it's it's difficult the second season, and it's easy to forget once you've had a reasonably successful first season that you're in the Premier League and you are coming up against teams chock full with talent, ability and experience every single week. And there isn't, there isn't anywhere really to hide. So staying in the division for Watford um, was, was my priority and I think most people's priority. We got off to a reasonably good start and there's been some memorable wins along the way. We, we, we thumped Man United at home, which, which is always great. And then the other week we, we beat Arsenal away, which kind of for, for clubs dare I say of our of our size they're they're the sort of things that you take from a season aren't they they're they're the memories that you're you're happy to walk away with you tuck them in your pocket and you think you know that's what we're football supporters for um but I think there have been a few murmurings of discontent and just I alluded to it before because it's just been the 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 way that the style of play and it's not the style of play it's the performances have been you know they've been really limp they've been We've just really, really struggled to get a stranglehold in in, in any game. We've a lot of the games we've gone ahead early, and then we've just sort of sort of come back and stepped off the gas and and let the opposition into it. And and I know you're coming up against decent decent players and decent teams, like I said. But Watford have got a decent squad now, and you mentioned Etienne Capou, and I, I maintain if he if he put his mind to it, he could play in any any team in the in the Premier League. He's 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 incredibly talented, incredibly skillful. Um, his movement is great. His delivery is good, but he just, to be perfectly honest, he's not interested in in taking the next step up, which is exactly why he's at Watford. Um, and I think we've potentially got too many too many guys like that who are pretty much they think the job's done. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a real bitty bitty season. I think you're saying that Saturday's game is a big one. I've said exactly the same. Um, to to my friends and colleagues and family that, that, that you said win it and it's probably flip flops on lose it and it's pretty much the opposite we are we are down um, down with the strugglers because whilst people are going to have to go on a decent run of form to to catch us they've got you know Hull and and, and those sort of guys have got to win X games more than us the way we're playing it's it's feasible that you know. Six points is going to be hard to come by for the rest of the season. Um, we've really looked that sort of disinterested, isn't the word? But the shape of us and the and the threat is is so so minimal, and um, we've struggled. We've really really struggled. Um, and if it wasn't for that that win against Arsenal, we we would be in the relegation mm. battle right now. Well, essentially, one thing I will touch on there that you've said is. Um you tend to take the lead early and that's something that we were discussing earlier on in the show about we haven't seen yet now we've got this run of form together it's because it's been off the back of clean sheets and we haven't actually seen the reaction when we go behind the only time we've gone behind recently was against Sunderland and as soon as we conceded the first we were 4-0 down in the space of five minutes <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if Watford can find a way to score early in the game on the weekend to see how we react and um, obviously you've got Mr Troy Deeney up front who likes to go against us uh, how, how's his form been? Please tell me terrible Terrible, yeah. Don't worry about Troy. Um, <laughs> Troy's Troy. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. You've, I assume, you've you've seen enough Palace Watford games over the last sort of five or six years um, to know what you're going to get with Troy Deeney. You get um, full on effort. He's going to make a, an absolute nuisance of himself. Um, he'll probably spend as much time um, in in our half as he will as in the opposition half because that's just what he does. He rolls his sleeves up and he he likes to be involved. Um, 
And yeah, he's he scored a great goal against Southampton, which I think he do, Troy probably doesn't get enough credit for his. Um, he's he's a bit defter than than people give him credit because obviously you know he looks like a bit of a unit and uh, and most of his goals are sort of uh, you know bullied in if you like if you if you know what I mean and uh, Troy if listening that's not a, yeah not doing you a disservice but um, yeah so the goal against he's he's neat and he's quick and he's and his footballing brain is is excellent and he's he when Igalo was doing well for for Watford a lot of his chances were forged from quick thinking and quick feet and quick movement from from Troy and I don't think he gets enough credit for that for that side of his game um but but quite frankly um guys we haven't we haven't created enough chances to to make it a, a genuinely memorable season for for Dini um he he always gives 100% he always works hard um he's always the last one off the pitch he goes around you know clapping signing all rubs he's you know he's massive for us he's he's so important um uh, and without him we'd be we'd, we'd be struggling for sure but yeah you really really hope he can pop up with another one against you lot you say if um, if he's listening to the show, um, the way Carl was talking about him earlier, he might become a fan of Homestyle Radio because Carl, Carl appears to be a big fan of Deeney and would want him in a Palace shirt. Is that right, Carl? Uh, for all the reasons you just said, Mike, uh, hard working. Every week, you know, you're going to get something out of him. Uh, you know, he's, he's he's a bit of a winner. And actually, I like him off the pitch. So, yeah, um, I, I would have him at the Palace. I really would. Yeah, his, his off the pitch stuff deserves deserves mention as well because I know you you know there's all pictures on Twitter and Instagram and of players doing their doing their bit, but but Troy gen- genuinely goes a, a above and beyond and um, he's he really is something else. He's 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 a, he's a genuine ambassador um, and a lot of his stuff is is altruistic. You don't you don't see a lot of of what he does. He he's got time for for absolutely everyone and. I'd, you can't say that for a lot of, of Premier League footballers, especially ones who have sort of shot to prominence like like Troy has. Um, so yeah, he's he's massive for Watford. He's still our he's still our talisman. He's he's captain um, and he's valuable. And if you know you had to bet on someone in a Watford shirt scoring, um, you're, you're going to put your money on Troy. Yeah, I think one thing that strikes me about Troy Deeney is he really did seem to learn from his misdemeanour. So I say misdemeanour, it was a pretty bad demeanour, but mm-hmm. he, he, re- he really seemed to learn from that and it, it kind of, I, th- I think, probably spurred him on to become a better player and an all-round better person by the sounds of things with all the work that he does off the pitch as well. So um, it's good that um, you know people can learn from such big mistakes. But usually, might we end on a prediction for the game, so... Um, so go ahead. What's the score going to be? I've got absolutely no idea. I've got <laughs> no idea with Watford games, and it doesn't matter who we're playing. We could just as easily win three nil as lose three nil, and and I mean that it's it, with sincerity. We when we start well, we we can look. You know, we talked about Capu and when he's when he's firing, uh, he's he's unplayable. And when the defence play well, we've got some decent players back there. You know, people like Holibas and Britos who aren't household names at the moment, but they're experienced guys. They've played European football and international football um, and they're decent players. But when they're off their game, it might as well be, um, it might as well be us playing. Um, <laughs> I'm worried. I'm really worried um, about, about Saturday. You, you're on a good, a good run of form, obviously, that Selhurst is, is a difficult place to go. Um, fans close to the pitch, all that, all that malarkey. And I think some of our prima donnas who haven't necessarily been been rolling their sleeves up recently aren't uh, uh, no less li- no more likely to do it uh, at, at Palace so I'm not going to predict we'll lose um, at, at this moment I'll take a I'll take an entertaining two all draw if that's all right 
<laughs> certainly can take a two-two draw. Okay, look, Mike, thank you very much for joining us. Um, very insightful and um, not too much good luck for the rest of the season, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely, same to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Every pitcher tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Right, it's predictions time now. Um, let's look at a few listener predictions here. So we've got um, Stephen Rodin, or, who I actually saw when I watched um, Palace West Brom in New York last weekend. So hello, Stephen. Uh, his prediction is 1-0 to Palace. Christian Benteke to score a late goal. Um, Patrick O'Connor, who I also watched the game with in New York, has gone for 3-1 to Palace. Um, Benteke, Kabaya and Dini Benteke to get two he's saying there of course Dini to score um, I am the J-Law 2-1 Palace win Will to score and celebrate the Klingsman dive in front of the um, I can't say that word um, In front, just in front of the Watford fans I'll say <laughs> and um, CPFC Arts has gone 4-1 to Palace but I'll regret this tweet uh, you said you saw a few more loose Yes, Mark Callahan said, going to be tough. Watford score a lot of goals, but really want a clean sheet for us. 1-0 or 2-0 would be fantastic. Um, Carl Savage Savage said, 4-0 to Palace, about time we turn someone over. And Matthew Guy said, 2-1 to them because no fun allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you remember a few years back when... It was, I think, it was the 2010-11 season when um, we won three, three and twenty-seven, and one of those are just out of the blue. We spanked Watford four 0 at home, <laughs> and Jermaine Easter turned into Lionel Messi for the day. It was really bizarre. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So, Carl, you're the newbie, so you can go first. What's your, what's your prediction for the weekend? I, I'm, I'm thinking it's about time. Uh, Zaha got brought down against them. We got a penalty, and uh, we win one nil. And yeah. I, I, here's, here's my wild card. I think Townsend is the new penalty taker, so I'm going for a Townsend penalty, Palace 1-0. Okay, so that would be um, Martin Atkinson again giving a penalty, (laughs) as he did in the playoff final (laughs) against them. Um, Lucy, what about you? I'm going to say Crystal Palace 3, Watford 0. Wow, that's um, that's a big call. Who are you going for goals-wise? I'm going to say... Patrick Van Aanholt, because he seems to like scoring goals at the minute. Is his foot reattached yet? <laughs> do we know about his ankle injury? I think. Well, didn't they say it wasn't serious as it as they first thought? Okay. So, well, I guess we'll find out when Big Sam does his press conference. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out when Martin Kelly's starting. Yeah. <laughs> go, go with the left back scoring. Um, so yes, Patrick Van Aanholt, if he's playing, um, I think Wilf and. I'm going to go with uh, Wilf is going to score a brace. Wilf going to score a brace, right. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been so miserable. I've been, I've, I've got so used to predicting defeats for the last couple of weeks and we've been winning, so I feel like I don't want to buck that trend. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm going to buck it. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Palace win. Um, I think defensively we've looked a little bit more solid, um, which means we can prevent the ball actually needing to get to Hennessy, which is helpful. And <laughs> and um, yeah, I just I just think we'll be a li- we'll have a little bit too much for them on the weekend. So fingers crossed that will happen. Right, 
Next up, we're going to, after a short jingle, we'll remember our classic match from the 2009-10 season at Vicarage Road. Honesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. So it's Tuesday, 30th of March 2010, and um, it's dead in the administration period. Things are, everything's a bit of a struggle. Palace are sat in the relegation zone, 22nd place on 39 points, sitting four points behind our opponents on the day. Watford, who are just one place above us, but with a game in hand, and um, it was quite a classic. Obviously, Lucy, I know you weren't at the game, but you were there, Carl. Um, it was a nervy one going into this, right? Because a loss um, sees us seven points behind Watford and five behind Sheffield Wednesday, and it would look quite bleak from that standpoint. So it was a nervy one going in, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it, it really was one of those. You, you you went into it thinking you can't even we can't even take a point. We're going to absolutely mm-hmm. have to win, and we were going into it with what looked like no centre backs at the time because we had we had injuries, we had knocks, and you know the, my first. The first sort of inner cheer came was hearing Paddy McCarthy was available to play and outcome a patched up Paddy. But yeah, real nervy one beforehand. Yeah, it certainly was. And um, Lucy, why weren't you at this one? Um, what was it? Seven years ago. Um, it was a Tuesday, so I'd have been in Northampton. So I was probably. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but yeah. Check your little black book, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so um, you're talking of the lineups there. We'll start with um, Watford. A couple of interesting ones in the Watford side. There's Scott Loach in goal. A certain Adrian Mariapo in defence with Lloyd Doyley, John Eusis, Jay Demerit. Uh, Martin Taylor, uh, who was later replaced by Will Hoskins, uh, former Brighton or pre-Brighton at that point, probably pre-Brighton. Don Cowie was replaced by Danny Graham, Tom Cleverley, Heide Helgeson, Henry Lansbury and according to Gus Poyer, the best winger in the world, Will Buckley. <laughs> 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 Where is Will Buckley now? Was, has Poyer taken him to China with him yet? You'd think he'd be taking him there paying him 150 grand a week but um, <laughs> in terms of the Palace team it's Julian Sproni in goal obviously um, but you're looking at a very patched up defence there with Johnny Ertel playing right back Lee Hill was at left back Paddy McCarthy and Claude Davis at centre back uh, you've got Sean Derry Darren Ambrose Neil Dans and Sean Scannell in the midfield and Stern John and Calvin Andrew up front and it was Calvin Andrew um, you know he wasn't the most gifted of players but um, he was a very hard trier <laughs> and it was he's trying hard <laughs> just after just after the half an hour that um, actually ended up creating a goal for Stern John and um, he looped a header over Scott Loach right in front of the Palace fans and uh, taking the lead wasn't something we were used to around that point was it Carl so it was a bit scenes. in a very very noisy away end that scenes. was some scenes yeah <laughs> yeah what, what, what did you think of Stern John Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I'm still taking counselling. I'll tell you what, no, it's, that's just, look, I, you could run a whole show on 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 what to do if you're clean through on goal against Sheffield Wednesday in a game where you, uh, you know, you could you could really enjoy the last minute if you, you do something like square it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, Stern John. Mm, <coughs> yeah, it sums up that whole period for me. <laughs> but he did, weirdly, he did pop up with a couple of important goals. But at the same time, 
he could have been so much more. If, if you remember at Derby away, he had a huge chance um, when he hit the underside of the crossbar. If he'd just put that away, and then if he'd put it away or squared it to Ambrose, I think he would have been looked upon a lot more brightly by Palace fans, as he would have probably won us a few more points. But um, I'd put him in the same bracket as I'd put Neil Ruddock. They were there for the paydays and nothing else. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he didn't even come back for the payday in the <laughs> summer. He went off and disappeared. Hey, I, he's not been seen. I, I've got to say, they relayed the pitch that season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he's with Jimmy Kebe. <laughs> he's Jimmy Kebe. Jimmy Kebe playing poker somewhere in the world, I don't know. Uh, so we took that lead into halftime, and what I remember about being there is just singing non-stop. Halftime didn't make a single jot of difference, and uh, there was I remember a tweet later that evening of a Palace fan claiming to live in Bushy, then that he could hear the Palace fans from his living room. Um, I don't know how true that was, but um, <laughs> it was certainly very noisy that night. And then, you know, just in the first half, Watford had completely run us over and somehow not scored. They'd, they'd hit the woodwork. Um, I think it was cleverly from range, struck the underside of the crossbar. And they did everything but score. And um, in the second half, I think they'd hit the woodwork again before we'd even scored. And then, you know, we get another cross into the box Sean Scannell hits the post and every Watford chance to hit the woodwork bounced away to safety yet Sean Scannell falls over the ball bounces off the post he has time to get back up and just tap the ball into an empty net so luck was certainly on our side wasn't it Carl? Yeah, it can't beat destiny I got that, that was one of those the woodwork had a fantastic game it did and then of course five, five minutes later Neil Dan's uh, shot finds the inside of the post and instead of cannoning back out goes into the back of the net and he executes uh, his classic knee slide with gun finger celebration and um, complete reverse uh, Stern John I'm, sh- I'm assuming you have better thoughts on Neil Dan's yeah he's a uh, he, he, he's an he's but he was at a time whereby we we were evidently lacking talent. We had we had players coming to the end of their career, or we had bright young things coming through. You know, he he was somebody who was he was down the middle of it. He was he worked hard. He tried hard. You know, I bet if he I bet if he had his time again, he would have chosen to stay at the Palace as opposed to going away. He probably had one of his better spells in his career at the Palace. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, don't don't have anything. I don't I don't have bad memories about him. You know, you'd rather have seen him in the Palace team at the time than than out of it. I still have nightmares about his singing, to be honest. <laughs> 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 Neil Dan Zacapellas on Twitter all the time. Um, yeah, I'm promptly had to unfollow when he left Palace. One assumes he is still DJing in Liverpool somewhere. <laughs> Maybe is he? Where, where is he playing now? Is he down at Berry? Is he with James Vaughan down there? Isn't he? I think. Yeah, no idea. No idea. Someone can correct me on that. And inevitably will on Twitter. Um, yeah, and then, you know, at that point, Watford never really looked like getting back in the game into the last 10 when uh, Danny Graham uh, pulled one back. And Lee Hills got sent off in the 87th minute. And I don't think this was too far away from when um, a couple of games later, Lee Hills got the career, the well, basically, effectively, the career-ending injury that... Um, saw him head into the lower leagues and now I'm not even sure if he's playing anymore I saw him at, uh, playing for Whitehawk a few seasons ago when my cousin was down playing at Sutton and I went to watch and I was surprised to see him there but yeah it was a promising career that never really took off um, but yeah so that was a, that was a wonderful evening that was and um, I think 
you know there's there's if you go onto youtube you can there's a very long video clip which is you know you can get a lot of the palace singing that night and it was uh it was a very very special evening and obviously probably was the foundation to what became paul hart's run to keep us safe i guess and um ensure that everybody at the end of the season still wanted to buy the club that we weren't going to a whole bunch of new grounds in league one <laughs> i mean carl you've got you go to a lot of games right you've you do you do 100 games a season and obviously you have most of the grounds but for the the rest of us mere mortals who only go to palace games at the time <laughs> relegation to league one probably wasn't the worst thing because we could top up another 20 odd grounds <laughs> Yeah, I tell, I tell look, I think yeah, yeah, and the answer to all of that. I've a, uh, I don't want to go to. I'm, I'm quite keen not to visit a whole load of Championship grounds next season. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and 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 that was always the fear of League One. You go down, not everybody comes straight back up, and, um, and you know it's a. Yeah, the I think you've probably asked the average Portsmouth fan at the moment. They've uh, haven't visited all the grounds several times over, and yeah. they're not looking down to say who's coming up from the conference or the national league to see which new ground have we got. They're going, Jesus, do we have to go back here again? You know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it don't get any better. Yeah, West. Well, I mean, they look like they're coming up this year, but it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? So yeah, you're yeah. certainly right there. And of course, as much as I joke about wanting to get relegated, that is obviously not the case. Um, right. So we'll end that one there, and um, we'll be back after this short jingle. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Right. That's it. We're we're at the end. Um, you you say I say that like it's been quick and like this show has just run completely linear for about the 50 minutes that you've been listening for (laughs) little do you know we've had many technical difficulties in the background today um because of we'll say for the absence of Billiam this week um having work commitments that he couldn't get out of and um we won't blame Tom Fancett, to be honest, because he hasn't had a chance to do anything yet. So, <laughs> um, hopefully, he has been able to use his magic fingers and got this to you in a listenable format. Um, I will obviously have to thank Mike from the from the Rookery End, Mike from the from the Rookery End podcast. <laughs> yes, he's certainly right as a tongue twister. Um, the Watford Review Show will be live on. Well, technology, technology, Gremlins permitting, because that couldn't even go out live last week, could it? <laughs> On Sunday night from 8pm, uh, head to wholeradio.net or facebook.com forward slash wholeradio to listen live. If you can't listen live, the podcast version will be out from about 10pm on Sunday nights. This week, Hambo is joined by Nick Gussett, Ed Kellaway and Jack Watson. One further bit of admin, uh, if you are at the game on Saturday, Flying High Magazine issue 10 will be on sale. There is some brilliant stuff in that. If you look at the socials for Red and Blue Army, you will see all the information you need. Uh, only pound fifty, and get down there early to get your issue because it will sell out. Um, next week, the preview podcast will be enjoying another week off before a jam-packed full of fixtures April. I can't believe it. Two games in March and about a million in April. So we'll see how many preview pod shows we can get out for that. And all that's left is to say thanks to Carl, a special guest this week. Thanks for joining us, mate. Pleasure. We will certainly have you on again sometime if you're not gallivanting around the world like Gulliver. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, to the lovely Lucy White. Uh, thank you, Terence. Always a pleasure. 
always a pleasure. So, until the next time, up the palace. Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.